Hello, what have we here? Can you speak Bocce? Of course I can, sir. It's like a second language to me. I'm a yeah, All right, shut up. I'll take this. Shut up, sir. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You're listening to Havoc Radio. X-Wing 2.0 and beyond. Radio Second Edition. Today we have myself, Ben. We have Ryan. Hello there. We have Luke. Hey, hey. And we have Will. Hello. And we're back talking about X-Wing and other stuff again. <laughs> Always other stuff. Always other stuff. Um, first of all, we'll give a bit of an update on what we've been up to. So we're being pretty lucky here still in Victoria, a bit of a scare earlier, like just after Christmas with the uh, COVID shutdowns and stuff, but it was brief, only five days. Um, but we're back playing in stores again, and we've been lucky enough to have a couple of different um, local tournaments. So nothing more than like, I don't know, eight to 12 people. Um, but, you know, it's good to actually be getting games in again and, you know, a bit of competitive stuff happening. So I've been in two of them, one at Box Hill, one at Ringwood, um, and both times I was flying Separatists. I was flying Zam in the Fire Spray with Dooku Crew and some Probe Droids. I was flying DBS-404 with uh, Advanced Proton Torps and three Precise Hunters, and I've been really enjoying that list. Um, the droids put in a lot more work than what I expected with their ability. It's like free predator. Um, how about you guys? Um, yeah, sure. I've been play, played in one of those tournaments, if I'm getting my timeline right, and uh, smashed it. So, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm playing more uh, more Jedi <laughs> sorry, Knights with Seven B. I'm, I'm not even a little bit sorry, uh, but this time <laughs> changed it up a little bit. So uh, two. Two Jedi Knights with uh, C- with um seven B, a Squad Seven veteran with nothing, and Warthog with uh, thread tracers. Uh, it is incredibly strong. It's really just gross how much you can just run into things and bump with the Jedi Knights and still get force and rerolls from the lat and just just ruin things. It's so good. I really like it. We don't, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've done okay against it once. But that's about it. <laughs> Yes, that's true. You did beat me, but it was casual, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> I like it. And Ryan and Will, you guys had a bit of an expedition on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I played in two events recently. I played a local one at at Portal, and then again um, down in Geelong, which is about an hour and a half out of Melbourne. Um, and played that last Saturday, so what? Three days ago, four days ago, time, whatever that was. Um, yeah, I've been having a good time. I've been running. Um, 
I've been running two lists predominantly lately. I've been running a triple fire sprays list, which I really like, and a Poe list, which I really hate. <laughs> so throwback to episode two or one. I don't know. We talked about this at some point. I bought that stuff and then I played that stuff and I hate that stuff. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite get it to work. Um, I've got another list I want to try, but at the moment I'm enjoying the fire sprays a bit too much. Hashtag story of my life. Um, <laughs> what have you got on the fire sprays, Will? Uh, so my list is a little homebrew thing, which is three fire sprays two of which have Dead Man Switch and what are the new bombs called? I keep thermal going like thermal detonators. Uh, and the other one has Zam. And it comes out at 200 points on the nose, all at yeah. initiative two. They're just the bounty hunters. Yeah, so all the lists, I mean, most of these events have all been hyperspace. Yes. So we tend to just fly all hyperspace lists. Yeah, 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 I've been flying. I like flying hyperspace purely because I enjoy the list building challenge that it presents each season. Um, I, though that being said, I've played so little extended in the last eighteen months that I probably couldn't be a whole new adventure. But um, for whatever reason, it interests me that limitation. Um, so yeah, but no, uh, and a lot of events are hyperspace as well. So I've yeah. been flying that and did quite well on the weekend with it. And yeah, how many that's... people were at Geelong? Just the ten. So not Will's not a being, huge amount. Will's being quite modest. He actually won the tournament. With that list. <laughs> yes. yes. Smashed it. Smashed but, it. Ryan, do we ask how you went? No, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all right. There's always going to... There's a black havoc at the top and a black havoc at the bottom. That's all that matters, right? Bookends. Yep. Bookends. Do it. That's it. Coming up the rear, someone's going to lose. Um, so, you know, I, um, I was running Kylo with hate, two generic SFs with Special Forces Gunners, the Initiative 2 ones. And Scorch with Fanatical. Um, so <laughs> I went in there with high hopes, cause considering I beat Luke with his Republic list. Um, and then I played against the, another Republic list, which was three Jedis with 7B and Rick with Daredevil. And I lost that one by 17 points uh, in the final <laughs> engagement. In the final engagement, I, hadn't, I didn't know I was winning by three points. I should have just flown my ships away. But um, I thought I was losing, so I wanted to try and get half on another, um, half on another Jedi, but I couldn't get to it. So anyway, I did that. Lost abysmally to Will, and then my third round, oh, my third round, I came against Fee, my girlfriend, and um, I lost by twenty points in that one. Um, <laughs> again, the the final dice roll was what cost it, and that was it. So yeah, I didn't do too well, um, but I had like close games though. They were, yeah, I had two really close. I had, yeah, my first game was real close, and it put me on edge the whole day. I couldn't get out of my head. And when I played against Will, he just smashed me. I couldn't stop thinking about my first game. So, <laughs> which I tried to calm you down, man. You were oh, so on tilt. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I just and I, and then I knew I was playing against you, and I knew I lost the turn. I think turn two, I knew I lost the game because of rock placements, um, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later on. But um. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't get the first two games out of my out of my head in the third game, but Fee flew her this real well. So, well, I uh, think we've all had experiences like that where you get on tilt with the first game and you just can't oh, you know, can't get over it. I just needed to roll. I, I had two dice, needed to roll paint. I blanked out, and that's what cost me the game. It's just 
I got so many. I got so, got so mad. <laughs> Bring anyway, guys, um, betray you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But there was a real good turnout, though. Um, there was a lot. Well, they're a of, new crew, aren't they? They are. Yes. Um, the one of the guys who came third, I think it was. Yeah, that was only his fifth of the game, and that was pretty impressive, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think he was the one. I think he was flying Republic, Warthog, and, and Ark, and I don't know what else he was flying in that list. But there was a so you need. Well, exactly. Yeah, I think there was two arcs and Warthog and something. I'm not sure. Is this a, is this a Geelong? The other yeah. Republic player. Yeah. It was an arc Warthog and two generic knights with seven B. Oh, so it looks like pretty much. Yeah, beef. pretty much. Yeah, pretty beef. good. It is pretty good. And um, Fee was flying Lando with nine Chewy Agile Gunner, the Falcon title. Um. Luke, it's a big with, falcon. It is a big falcon, but boy, geez, it hits hard when it wants to hit hard. Um, Zeb with the droid that you can repair damage cards with. R5, yep. Yeah, that's the one, R5. And then Luke with the two target locks droid as well. R4? Three. R3, there you go. I can't remember droids. <laughs> but um, yeah, her, and her idea is to do blue moves with Lando, get double mods and coordinate with Luke and get double mods and wreck and it worked for me it worked against me first Um, order an empire player doesn't care about droids right no pretty much (laughs) that's exactly right um but yeah it was it was a great tournament um met nice met lots of nice people which was great um Mm. would definitely recommend to anyone could do if they can go down go down it was good fun yeah well a lot of the guys there on the weekend are friends of mine that are coming across from Age of Sigma so, um, a guy called Jared, who's a good friend of mine from work slash life now, um, he jumped ship and he's a fairly prominent member of the AOS scene down there and has been spruiking the, the, um, the, the X-Wing lifestyle to those interested of pre-painted models, you know, two to seven models on a board, three by three tournaments done in a day. And people are, people are loving what they're hearing. Um, so there was only three people there that are from his club on the weekend, but I know there was another three or four members who couldn't make it. So just, just in them alone, there's seven, uh, reg, uh, like AOS regular tournament going gamers that are jumping ship down there. Um, as well as the existing scene, which has been around for a long time down there, but hasn't been... Uh, very heavy into the into the competitive side of X Wing. They've just sort of played their Monday night casuals. They've had their random like monthly tournaments and that sort of thing, which has always been fairly like localized. Like they've got their own little meta, their own little club, whatever going on. Um, but they're just sort of just starting to reach out. So they're trying to get the Werribee scene going, and they're um, the guy who ran the event on Saturday jumped joined Melbourne AOS. Oh, sorry, not Melbourne. Melbourne X-Wing, so that he could start spruiking their tournaments and getting the word out. So I think we're going to see a little scene develop down there in the very me- like very near future. It seems nice. to be picking up a bit because like the Geelong crew have taken off. Um, you know, we're still going strong in eastern suburbs. The um, Maze of Fitzroy, the old Gatekeeper Games. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're starting to get a good crew happening on Tuesdays again as well, running a league. I think. They've got like a dozen people in the league or more. Mm-hmm. 
it seems consistent, like, but going by the posts and stuff, people are playing their games, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It doesn't seem to be petering as so many leagues tend to. Yeah, so um, it's all good signs for X Wing. Yeah, it's getting stronger and stronger. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. People are looking for that social, fun outlet that you don't get yeah. from video games that we all spent eight months doing last year, like yeah. with our mates. <laughs> well, we get at home, couldn't do anything. Never wants to get out and do something. So. That's it. Well, that was it. That was the weekend. Me and Ryan and my wife, who also plays X-Wing but didn't play in the tournament, and Fee, um, we all went, stuff it, let's do it. Booked a hotel, booked one night down in Geelong, drove down on the Saturday morning, had some breakfast out, went and played three rounds. Then went back to the hotel room, had a big bit of a swim in the pool, got changed, went back out for dinner, caught up with the guys from Geelong. There was about six other Geelong fellas there and their partners and all that sort of business. We went and had some fish and chips at the restaurant on the beach, <laughs> stuffed around till nine thirty, ten o'clock, and came back home, crashed because we were knackered at that point. Got back up in the morning, went to the another cafe on the beach, and went for a swim for two hours. It was the nicest weekend I've had in a long time. Yeah, the thing is, it's it's only like an hour, like oh, just over an hour drive from here, but it's like a whole weekend away when you do it like that. Yeah, know? yeah. It's like, and it was like, I think we paid like a hundred and ten dollars per couple for the like the the hotel, and it was nice. Like it was nothing fancy, but we literally it was a place to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, and considering it was a long weekend as well, and it was a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, the race would have gone up a bit. So it was, yeah, no, that was, like you said, that was a, that was a fantastic weekend away. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I regret how much fish and chips I ate, but, you know, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan ordered a freaking sharing platter of fish and chips. It was like, <laughs> I regret, I, I ordered it and I reread it and went, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fish and chips. Oh man! Uh, right. like I feel like if you don't feel like absolutely, if you don't absolutely hate yourself after eating fish and chips, you've done it wrong. Uh, well, <laughs> absolute trooper that I am, I managed to get most of it down, so it was alright. It did work, yeah. <laughs> I tried um, oysters Kilpatrick for the first time. I've always thought they look yum, but I'm not a huge fan of oysters, and I, I was like, stuff it. So I ordered oysters. I was like, if you're going to order oysters, do it at the beach. So I ordered oysters, and I ordered some other stuff in case I hated it, and it was delicious. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Pretty good. I think, I think Kilpatrick's the best way to eat them, but that's completely off topic now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are here for the experience, right? The experience. Yeah. Living through us. Um, oh, so yeah, go down to Geelong, have fish and chips, and play X-Wing. We recommend it. Sounds pretty good. Oh, it's the best. Like, they, have, they do... Oh, so for those following may even be able to do this. The first Saturday of every month in Geelong at a, at, at Guff's Geelong, which is right in the CBD, they have a, a one-day monthly X-Wing tournament. It's hyperspace. So first Saturday of the month, if ever you're thinking, I'd like to go to Geelong, that's when they'll be doing it. If you ever want to try it out, give it a crack. They need to start advertising in X-Wing Melbourne and then we'll be sorted. Yeah, they, they are planning to. So yeah, so they're just beginning that journey. But um, write it in your diaries, pencil it in. Cool. All right, back on to X-Wing stuff. Mm -hmm. There has been some exciting news since last episode. Mm -hmm. So we knew they were coming, but they have finally announced the squadron packs for Rebels, Empire, and Scum. We've got the Phoenix Cell for Rebels, Sky Strike Academy for Empire, and Fugitive and Collaborators for Scum. 
So let's have a chat about what we're excited for in these things, starting with Phoenix Cell. So who wants to go first? Luke, you want to take Rebels? Sure, I'll take Rebels. Um, am I taking all of Rebels or just something I'm excited about? I'm happy either way. Just keep going. Just yep. keep talking. All right, excellent. <laughs> um, so I, uh, A-Wings, just A-Wings. The, the poor old RZ1s have been doing it tough for a while now, except for Jake. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, the vectored cannons, the, the config that lets them uh, shoot out the back. I've heard some yep. dissing because it's not as good as the RZ2s because you need to change the arc in the uh, system phase and you lose your action to boost in the normal, uh, whatever you call oh, it, action. movement phase. Um, but I think they're still going to end up cheaper than the RZ2s. And I think it's going to be really interesting just being able to bring those quite good sort of support A-wings and then also give them time on target is going to be really excellent. Well, I mean, we're getting an I-5 and an I-6 finally. You know, like Jake has been all right, but he's very much been a support A-wing. You know, and, and sure, some of their abilities are also very support-esque type stuff with um, Ahsoka and uh, Hera both sort of helping friends. But um, I think, yeah, it's going to be good to see them. Yeah. Do, do you want to hype up the Ahsoka? I know you're excited about Ahsoka, Ben. Well, Ahsoka, I just think, you know, Initiative 5, Force Points, you can put missiles on that thing. Like, I'm just, I'm all about that. I think it's going to be awesome. I know that Will's pretty excited about Ahsoka as well. It might be enough to get him into Rebels. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's 100% happening. Like, my wife has a Rebels collection. There's a conversion box sitting 10 feet from me that's never been opened. I think we took one card out of it and then put it back in. <laughs> she needed something. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll buy that. Um, there's many ships sitting downstairs, and now this box. It's Whether she uses it or not, I'm buying it. Yep. And so, you know, the other thing that we get in the pack, obviously, two A-wings, but, like, Gus would murder us if we didn't talk about the B-wings. Uh, <laughs> there is a B-wing in there. It has the prototype paint job. I have to say, this is across all of the packs. The paint jobs look phenomenal. Like yeah. every single ship looks good. Yeah, so good. Um, but the B Wing, Hera in that, Initiative Six, able to hand off tokens and stuff to people who need them when they need them. It's, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that as well. Yeah. And I think we've actually got official back, because now think about it, we did talk about the packs last podcast, but only we only had the very initial yeah, looks from the, the stream. Yeah. Um, and so we were c eventually confirmed correct that Hera can hand off those tokens whenever yeah. she wants before you attack for a t shorter shoot a proton torp or, you know, when you've rolled and you've rolled four eyes, you can give you the focus just whenever. So it'll be pretty good. I think, sadly, I think it's A-wing Hera is going to be the good one, not B-wing Hera, because you don't want to sink a bunch of points into an I-6 B-wing just to hand all the actions away. Yeah. But, mm, yeah, looks good. Yeah. The other interesting thing, Garvin might see the table again because if you, he rolls a lot of eyes, Hera can give him a focus. He can spend it and give it back. Oh. Yeah, it's cool, eh? That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll it's see got, if that's the thing. It's got some interesting timing, but yeah, it could be amazing. 
Yeah, there's some good sharing is caring ships in there too, like Ashara Bay in an A-Wing, I think will be yeah. really interesting because mm. uh, she's got the same ability as the Ark, which is the spend a lock to add an eye result to your dice. Um, so you obviously need focus and lock, but yeah, with between the new stuff in this pack and just all of the other Rebel stuff, I, I think I think you could actually make that work really well. Yeah. Even just like Jake will still see play, you know, handing focus tokens to people. Yeah, and with the config, I think it'd be good too because he can hand in hand out tokens in the system phase. So, so good. Yeah, just mitigate that issue I always have with him where there's always a turn where I'm like, oh, I can't actually put you anywhere useful without just bumping things. Bump myself. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Rebels, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Ryan, though, I think it's your turn. Skystrike oh. Academy. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, so last podcast I did say that I kind of wanted a Thrawn. No, negate all that. I am so glad that we are getting a Darth Vader in a Defender, which is taken from the Thrawn books, which is was amazing in the books. So I am thoroughly looking forward to it. His ability is probably not as strong. His ability was, while you, you cannot spend force except while attacking... Um, while you perform an attack, you may spend one force to change a blank result to a hit result. Um, with the defender, I think that's pretty solid anyway. You'll be getting your free evades regardless if when you if you do your three to five speed maneuver because of full throttle. Um, just focus as an action. You've got double mods for evading. You've got mods for attacking. It's just. Um, People have, been, people have been test piling it out, um, saying it's not as good as him in the tie advanced, but I'm still well, thoroughly looking forward to it. I think it's still strong. It's interesting because, like, I think a defender with force for defense exactly. would be ridiculously good. Oh, right? of course. Super yeah. Good. yeah. So the fact that he can't spend it on defense, I mean, but a defender is still good in defense anyway if you've got focus evade, right? We, yeah. Let's talk about the config in a second. But, and, three, and three green dice as well. Yeah. You know, and that's the, solid. <laughs> and then give that a super solid attack where you can actually turn a blank to a hit. You know what I mean? It's, like, exactly. Um, um, he'll have three. I'm pretty sure it was three force tokens too, wasn't it? Yep. So if you can only spend them on attacking, okay, sure. Spend them. Spend them. <laughs> Just do it. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely be a different play style type with his force tokens in regards of getting just the one back, but I'd say all, use all of them while you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then you've got Volt Scarus. Um, his abilities for both the Defender and the Interceptor, 50-50 on this one. It's action, gain a strain token to resolve, uh, to recover one charge token. Uh, before you engage, you may spend one charge to perform an action. Um, being an I-5, it'll be good. Um, uh, I don't know how good a two green dice Interceptor will be. Uh, if you're not being shot at, sure, take it. Go for it. Um, it, it's an interesting ability because it just pushes the action later. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. And you can auto thrusters off that, assuming you don't have the config. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, config. Uh, I'm not sold on this. 
I do like the idea of having hard blue. Was it blues or white? Yeah, hard three blues. Uh, hard three turns and white one and two turns. Now that, but you lose the 4K or it goes it, red. It goes red. Now, uh, 1.0 day, I was flying three defenders. 4K turn is just too strong. You, you, want, a, you want a 4K turn all the time. Um, the other thing now with this upgrade that they're bringing out is that the fact that they have to be um, standardised, which is um, yeah. if you take, uh, let's say you take three of uh, the new interceptors, uh, not they all sorry, have to have it. The, yeah, yeah, they all have to have it, exactly. Um, it'd be good on one ship, but not a good on another one, you know? Um, well, I think... Speaking yeah. about that, these configs are very interesting, and this applies not just to the Imperial ones, but you know, Whoa. across across all of these packs, the upgrades being standardised, and they don't seem to be like there's a lot of talk online, people going, "Oh, well, they're not better, they're not upgrades." I'm not sure that they were ever meant to be upgrades. You know what I mean? They're, they yeah. to me, they feel like they're meant to be they're meant to be side grades to make the ships behave differently. Like, exactly. A defender that turns instead of 4K, oh my God. You know, like, uh, yeah. and, and doing system phase stuff instead of, you know, later, this kind of thing. I think it does, you know, because when people think of interceptors, they think, you know, the double reposition. Or when yeah. they think of the defender, you think free of aid. You know, they're really changing up the feel of these ships and giving them a completely new play style. We're basically getting new ships without releasing new ships. Exactly, yeah. New dials without new dials, which is which is interesting. Are they going to bring out the new dials? No, nah, you just read it. Read it as you, you go. Just read it as you go. Yep, that's fair it's enough. Like Arthur or Astro or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, just do it as you go along. Um, so uh, I think that was about it that we know of the defenders. However, the uh, oh. The interceptors. Now they're something to be behold. So uh, coming at initiative six is Sienna Ray. Now um, her ability: while you perform an attack, if the defender was destroyed, gain a stress token. After a friendly ship at range zero to three is destroyed, you may remove one stress token. Um, don't know how good this will be. Good and this will be bad. Um, another initiative six interceptor is just fantastic. Uh, especially if you keep the double repositioning. Um, if you read the squadron packs, they talked to the developers about her ability, and oh, I actually really like it. It's very thematic. Um, so she um, was in a relationship with the X-wing pilot Thane, um, who then de facto to the rebels, and the idea of her. Um, attacking an X-Wing could be her ex-lover, um, hence why she gets a stress token. But then once seeing her other ships being destroyed, her comrades and all that type of thing, she then removes the stress and remembers the what her mission comes is. Back. Exactly. And so I think, I, I don't know how good the ability is going to be playstyle. However, thematics, I love it. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, if an Initiative 6 doesn't usually always kill something first pop, um, it definitely strips to- uh, strips shields, strips tokens, so then have something else kill it. Well, just um, choose sixes and choose which order you shoot stuff in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they did yeah. open up a very interesting play space with a lot of these interceptors as well. Like, they're, um, 
really having a look at what happens when your teammates die. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, they've got that other interceptor that you can still hang around. You know, Nash, and, um, Nash Windrider. Yeah. Yes. So you know, if you combine a couple of these things, or even you know, we've we've seen a little bit of this play space before with Sloan. You know, like when one of your people died, they get stressed, that kind of thing, and you get re-rolls. Yep. And we've seen it with Ruthless as well. You know, like yep. it's, it's, there's a lot of flavor here around this kind of stuff, and I think it's going to make some interesting lists. So I think when people got first saw Defenders and Interceptors, they were like, oh, yeah, more Aces. But yep. the actual play space that they're getting with those abilities is more around swarms and your friends you know what i mean mini swarms exactly. rather than triple aces yeah and no, i'm i'm calling it now i reckon the uh the sneaky best thing coming out of this pack isn't going to be the vader everyone's worried about or sienna it's going to be so nash that keeps things alive uh yeah. commandant goran that lets you um take red focus actions when you bump into other things yeah. and then just as many interceptors and ties as you can cram into the rest of the list. I think that is going to be a horrifyingly effective list. Yep. And yeah. then you get you give them all disciplined. <laughs> and that's just going to be oof, a shit show. <laughs> so I, th I think we're going to see more like Empire is not just going to be triple aces, you know what I mean? We're going to see a lot more ships more on the board and I think yep. it's going to be good. Yeah. Yep. Yep, going to be going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun to fly. Which is also why you're going to see a lot of hate for in the early days, at least, and potentially even further, because people will be attracted to those factions and blah, 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 because of that. Um, and then when that's not what they're getting. Well, there's already yeah. people that are upset that they didn't get more aces, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Got, you know I mean? like, gonna... But, you know, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It brings in new players and it brings people across factions and does stuff. It, it makes the game more interesting, but you'll people will... Like I'm just saying, for people reading Facebook threads and stuff, you'll see people hating on stuff unreasonably because of it. On the yeah. internet? No. No. I refuse yeah. to believe it. <laughs> um, one other thing I've, I've noticed is pretty interesting in these packs is that they, they're pushing the, um, the Epic play out. Um, yes. With these yeah. new, new, new upgrades. I think that's really cool, but considering Epic hasn't seen... I, have, I certainly, myself, haven't seen much in the way of Epic play. I haven't played any... 2.0 epic, but I think it's good that they've done what they've done, like Star Sky Strike and um, the Phoenix Cell squads. I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, epic is interesting. I've played a couple of games of you know second edition epic, and the the things that they change with the wings being able to fly ships together and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you are. I mean, we really haven't seen a lot of it. You know, we haven't played a lot. I mean, I've no. played less than half a dozen games, I'd say. It's is really fun. I quite like it. It just it takes away the big advantage that keeps me coming back to X Wing, which is it's easy to pack up, easy to play, yeah. quick to play. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And like particularly now if I'm in for that sort of a length of a game and I want big ships on the table, I'm out of cold. Yeah. I yeah. think for me if I'm if I'm there setting up that much stuff, I'd rather try a game of Legion, you know? Yeah, true. So, so yeah. anything else for Empire? No, nah, I mean, I could talk about this for a whole three hours, but no, I don't think that'll do. They're the, they're the main ones I'm excited for. That's that. Yep. <laughs> so I'll open up the discussion around the scum one, Fugitives and Collaborators. 
So this is probably the one I'm least excited about, but also most curious about because I think, yep, yep, you know, it's it's scum. There's a lot of stuff in there. You know, well, let's just talk about the ships. Two wire wings and a hawk. Okay, so I'll be honest. When I think of the scum faction, I wasn't thinking I needed more Y wings. That was not the ship I was most excited about. Um, you know, I was hoping for something like a Star Viper and two Karaks or something like that. But you know, I've got a Hawk and two Y wings. That said, some of the abilities that we're getting are kind of interesting, and particularly with the Hawk, seeing Kanan, his ability—he's basically spend a force, you reduce the attack of red dice. Um, it's quite strong. Like, that's a very strong ability. And sure, it's on a Hawk that's not the most exciting ship. But, you know, if we have a look at the other Hawks that Scum already have, a lot of them have quite strong abilities as well. So I think it is keeping with what we've seen, you know, like Torquil and things like that. They do have game-changing abilities in what they do. And... You know, we're seeing just some of that stuff play out with some of the pilots and things with the Y-Wings. I do think, you know, if, when you have a look at the spread, there is a pack of upgrade cards that are still face down. I don't know if we know what all of them are. There is a list somewhere, but I think it was in German and I didn't have a look at what it was. Yeah, I but, don't think there was anything else in there. I had a scan and... I don't speak German, so I'm not 100% sure, but you can sort of work out what most of them were. And I, there wasn't anything that I was like, I don't know what that is. The, the other ability that one of the um, Hawk pilots has is you can spend charges um, mm -hmm. so that yourself or a ship in your arc with one or more circular tokens, they're not removed from the ship at the end phase. So there's, yeah. there's got to be some shenanigans you can play around with there, like, I don't know, Boba Fett taking a reinforce and then... You know, that Hawk keeps it around and then the next turn Boba runs into combat and he's got reinforce and an action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, and he's, so that's Gamut Key. Yeah. And he is, I think more importantly, also a crew. And if they follow their trend of horribly underpricing good scum crew, <laughs> which they've done with all of the good ones, the three-point Han Solo, remember that Zam four-point thing that's definitely going to double in the next points change? Um, no, you shut up. Yeah, no, I know. I, I will also be shattered, but that's 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 just what's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that because you think about that plus, uh, so gamut on something, and then on your primary ship you put Zam. That's free target locks when you get shot at. Uh, yeah, carry in a reinforce or a focus, like just so much extra actions, and it's every second turn that's quite good. Yeah. Yep. So. But I think as with most scum things, like you look at one piece of this puzzle and you're like, I mean, it's interesting. It's when you put the stuff together that mm. you're just like, there's some jank here. Agreed. So, I mean, there's some stuff you can play around with bombs and stuff as well. One of the other ones, you know, locks a bomb and people around it get a strain token and stuff like that. And then you can play around with it. So, yeah. We'll I'm actually excited for the scum pack. I'm going to pick up, I think I've already worked out, I'm going to pick up the Rebels and the Scum. I'm going to leave the Empire for now. Hey. Oh, I know, I'll probably buy it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm actually keen for the Scum. Scum so often underwhelms. 
you read scum, you build lists with scum, you do all this sort of stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah. And then you put it on the board, and it's a lot of fun. It's one of those factions that's never quite as exciting on paper as it is on the board. With maybe yeah. one exception, two exceptions, Fenrau and, and Guri. Um, even Boba, to a degree. But Boba's ability isn't too exciting on paper. It's like, oh, you get to reroll stuff occasionally. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, and then you actually use it. <laughs> and then you use it, you're like, oh, damn. Um, I think this box is going to be filled with stuff like that. I'm actually trying to find a list of what's in it because there's a few things that when it came out with their contents that I was a bit excited for, but... I think I'm gonna... trying to find some at the moment too. It's... So, uh, Cutthroat, the um, pilot talent, is the other oh, cool one. Oh, yes, Cutthroat. Um, yeah, so this is the... Uh, so after another friendly ship is destroyed yeah. at Rainbow to three, this. you can recover a non-recurring charge or remove an orange or red token. So if you get the orange or red tokens, mostly boring. Um, it's all about recurring that non-recurring charge, charge on wacky oh. things. Mm-hmm. Dead man uh, switch coming back. Not dead man. Yeah, yeah. That well, one. <laughs> dead man switch might be coming back, but the ship is already dead. So no. Great infinite uh, loop. It's like you suffer one damage, two damage, three. Da- <laughs> no. Stuff like um, what stealth device? You know, you can. Oh yeah. Some of the munitions, APTs, being able to fire them twice. You know. This Contraband thing. cybernetics. That's the one that I was trying to think of. <laughs> nah, I didn't mean to switch all the way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Contraband sounds boring until you... The shit it lets you do on some stuff that shouldn't be able to do... It, it makes your ships that shouldn't be able to do... It makes a big ship feel like an ace for a turn, often. Yeah. Yep. And Usually on the turn changing. where you really need it. To. Exactly. And it can be huge. And because people forget about it. It's like having bombs on your ship. The amount of times I've played people like, oh, fuck, I forgot you had bombs. And then that changes the game. It's like, it's one of those upgrades that people forget you have, even though it's sitting in front of them. And then when it happens, they go, fuck, I didn't plan for that. And then all of a sudden, Boba Fett's flanking them. And they're just like, ah, oh, crap. And being able to do that a couple of times a game will be huge. Not bad. Um, the the fun jank one though is uh, immortal Teltravura. Yes. Um, yes. So he's <laughs> the one that if he destroys, he can spend his one non-recurring charge. Emphasis very much intentional. Um, and if he does, he doesn't take all the. He discards all his damage cards and suffers five damage, and then Not comes bad. back next turn. So if he can just keep alternating between Tell dying and something else dying, he can just he can just keep dying. And of course, you put. Uh, Dead Man dead Switch man on him. Teltravura and a whole bunch of Dead Man Switch Z95. Would Dead Man Switch work on Tell if you brought it back? Yeah, because he, he, he doesn't... So he's... Actually, maybe it doesn't work because it's if you would be destroyed. Yeah. So yeah, no, never mind. Destroyed. Only the last time. Yeah. But yeah, he can still keep coming back, which is the funny part. But still good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds horrible. I really don't want to fly against that. Yeah, but it's scum, you know? It's all jank and fun times. Yeah, true. What's the, isn't there one that you spend a charge and you can rotate your turret around for, like, an initiative two or something? If it, if it gets shot at, it can rotate a turret? Uh, oh, yeah. That's um, Nom yeah, No charges involved. He just, okay. he just has he to just... face turret at whoever's shooting at him. Yep, fair enough. Gosh. So much jank. Yeah. yeah, and that, that's why I'm saying Scum already has 
lots of jank. It's got all that stuff, and you throw these ships into it. I reckon there's some fun stuff there. And as much as everyone's like, oh, I don't want Y-Wings, I personally only own, like, one, so two more would be great. (laughs) (laughs) That'll take me up to seven. Four. And, like, the paint job is close enough that they look like partisan Y-Wings if you wanted to fly them as Rebels. Yep. I like how the the Hawk is the one that looks like the comic. Um, I've I've just recently read that and have a new love for Kanan. Um, Yeah, that's good. They've they've gone good with thematics in these packs. Yep. Yeah, I do like them. Yeah, they've really brought out the characters, the paint jobs. They've done a lot of that stuff. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. Is this this will be the last hurrah big thing for FFG too, won't it? We think. I mean, I would imagine there might be something. They confirmed yeah. that they're still going to have their stuff through the end of the year. So there'll be more releases before the end of the year. So okay. Yeah, you hope so. So yeah. probably this another been, two releases would be my guess at the base current pace. This would have been pretty good as a big big last hurrah. We were out a few K-by type thing. That would have been good. But yeah, I, think, I mean, something big around the corner. Exactly. Yeah, this is true. Like AOS 3. I mean, not, fuck not AOS. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, filthy AOS player. <laughs> I don't even play it very much. Just it's on my mind right now. Yep. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Anyway, moving along. I think that's everything we want to talk about with the squadron packs. Um, let's talk about our next topic for the week, month, however often we do these things. <laughs> um, annual. But yes, well, well, be not too bad, but let's keep it going. Um, the We'd like to talk a little bit about some tips for newbies. So, you know, like as we were speaking in the beginning of the episode, there's uh, the scenes are picking back up. And whether it's new people coming back to the game or, you know, fresh new people completely, um, you know, there, there's quite a few people around that are sort of trying to pick up their skills and, um, you know, get back into the game or, you know, work out competitively what it is that they want to do. So we thought we'd just talk about a few things that helped us when we were learning the game um, and, yeah, see if that helps people. So I'll start with one of the topics, and that is the things that you think about at the beginning of the game, commonly called the turn zero stuff. Um, and... In particular, I'll I'll talk about the obstacles and we'll take it from there. So one of the things that people tend to do when they put a list together is they'll just grab whatever three obstacles. And the the one of the things that really made my game jump in terms of my skill level, and I'm I'm not the greatest player, but you know, I I do pretty well. Um it was that turn zero type stuff when it came to the obstacles. So you know, a lot of times people just grab three obstacles because they need three for the game, but they don't think about what obstacles should they bring. You know, should you be bringing big ones or small ones and why? You know, like, uh, are your ships small and agile and easy to get around the big obstacles? Um, in which case, maybe big obstacles would, you know, hinder your opponent if they're flying any big ships or things like that. Or maybe you're flying big ships, you want as much space on the table as you can get, so you want to bring the smallest ones that's possible. Um, You know, depending on the meta as well, there might be considerations. For example, you know, you may not want to bring 
obstacles if you know that you're going to be coming up against a lot of droid swarms, you know, because they can just park on them and shoot you from them. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot into that in terms of what obstacles you bring, what do they do, you know, like running over a rock, if you, particularly if you land on it, can be really bad for you. Um, but do you have something in your list that negates that, whether it's, you know, mining tires that can go over them or, you know, um, Kira who can lock them and, and not care, um, you know, in that case, bringing rocks might be best because they are the hardest ones for your opponent. You know, like if they land on them, they're not shooting. Um, yeah. Debris with stress. Do you have any abilities that can take stress away? You know, if in which case the debris is not really hindering you as much as it would hinder your opponent. Um, or gas clowns, you know, hiding behind them, you get that free evade if you roll a blank. Is that really going to help you if you're bringing fragile aces or you know is that something the strain could potentially really hurt you and you don't want to bring gas clouds you know so i'd encourage people to think about what obstacles they want to bring to a game not just type but also size and then when you actually get to the game think about where you put them you know like if your list is um like i said very agile and can get around and the positioning is not a problem and that kind of stuff you know putting the obstacles sort of in the middle of the board grouped up could give you a good sort of field to play around in that would hinder your opponent um, I can make them... some examples with my list if you like of like yeah yeah and stuff so the list that i ran on the weekend was the three bounty hunters with the bombs zam uh, and I took three gas clouds in that list. And the reason I took three gas clouds in that list was twofold. One, it meant if I ran into a droid swarm, which is actually a problematic matchup for that list, they couldn't park up on me, at least on half of the of the debris on the on the board, which is super helpful. Um, and the other reason I took them was the strain tokens marry up really nicely with the ordinance I took, which was the new... Was it Cluster Bombs? Thermal Detonate as well. He's holding <laughs> a Thermal Detonate. Just write it on your hand or something. <laughs> thermal Detonators. So the Thermal Detonators, if you roll a um, focus result, your the, the ship is affected by a strain. And so there was multiple times on the weekend where I had an opponent's ship that had two or three strain tokens sitting on it for you know a couple of turns. Um, having yeah, that, that can that can be huge and swing it exactly, and then all of a sudden I've got three or four red dice coming at a ship with one less green. Um, well, and that makes huge difference. Speaking of that as well, there was a couple of times where I've played you with that list, and you had the gas clouds, and because you're not worried about the damage of going over them, and the fact that your ships are quite tanky anyway, running over it like was fine, you know. Yeah. And, no, I lose and, an action, but I get a position that's sort of unexpected or or very beneficial or whatever. And even if you do get the strain and lose the dice, if they're on the other side of the obstacle and you blank, you'll still get an evade anyway. You know, and with, so, the, with the fire sprays, I've got the, I can shoot out the back. So I'm losing nothing, gaining an evade on if I blank out, and then also doing something that's a bit sort of wonky. It, it did catch me out. So that's the other thing. You know, with those obstacle choices really think about what helps your list, what hurts your list, and what 
you know, particularly like what you were saying, Will, with the matchups, what what matchups is a problem for your list that obstacles could potentially help you with? Yep. And maybe just in terms of a few sort of simple tricks to put them in certain places, because I guess like in terms of actual obstacle placement, it's shockingly complicated and I've been playing for four or five years now and I'm still not great at it. Uh, but there are a few sort of simple formations to default to if you're um, if you're unsure. Uh, so the first one is the just, I don't want to deal with obstacles, which is you take the three biggest ones you can get as you, uh, sorry, as they're collected. So you take whatever, the, I usually take small rocks, but small rocks or um, gas clouds are usually the answer there. And you just line them all up along your board edge, distance two, and sort of, depending on how fat your list is when you deploy, either way in the corners and one in the middle or a bit squished. And basically then you just like three straight past them in the first turn and then you just that's half of the obstacles you don't have to deal with for the entire game generally um the converse if you really want obstacles around so as ben was saying if you've got you know enemy has a big swarm of ships or large base ships then you sort of sprinkle them around the middle so you put them you know distance two and a half from an edge i usually go for so a bit, bit further so that you can't put those obstacles right on the edge uh, or lock out the corners even, so a little bit closer than three and uh, range three and range three from the corners. And um, that means that they're always sort of in play and always there, um, and it, it forces them forces your opponent to deal with them. Yeah, that was one of the other things that changed my thinking of as well, is when you're thinking about the obstacles, don't think about just the obstacle itself, but that zone around it, you know, because that zone around it blocks out where <laughs> other obstacles can go. Yep, exactly. My only advice to obstacles is if you if you don't want to take the big ones, the smaller ones are very tricky to even for um, well played, well seasoned players. There's a there's one one little um, asteroid that looks like a moustache. It is the tiniest asteroid you can get. The advice I give to you on though on that one is to have it close enough. Uh, Semi half towards your board, so that um, it's a little bit further away for the other, the opposing the opposing player to judge how far away that rock is. The smallest the rock is often the most trickiest one to try and maneuver around because you think, oh, it's a sh- it's a big base ship. I should just miss it. No, I'm just on it. Okay, and it makes your opponent think about it a little bit more in regards of how they're going to fly their lists. But um, my only other tip, especially now that defenders are a thing again, um, if you place a rock or a debris or whatever um, within the, the range two of your ship yeah, right edge, on the edge, right on the edge, you know for a fact that, that is a four straight. So if you are just a, before that rock, you know for a fact you'll be able to fit a 4K turn in. On a small base ship. Um, on a small base ship, yeah, of course. Yeah. On a small base ship. I don't think there's any... Is there a big base ship that can do a 4K? Arc 170s, which is why I always put my obstacles at oh. least half a base in from the edge. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. See? More more tips you didn't need to know. Um, yeah, try and... Um, if, you, if you're flying up against a swarm, try and clump it a bit so that they haven't got a real good laneway. Um Easier said yeah, than done. Try to keep formation. Yeah, break up yeah, formation. Try, try and break up that formation. Um, there was, uh, if you're flying a group of three ships and one ace, um, you want to try and set up the group of three in the middle. Uh, so, well, 
your opponent will want to try and set up in the middle. Uh, set one right in the middle and then two close enough around it so that then they have to try and skirt around it. Will did that against me and it just, it just ruined my, my whole game straight up, first pop. I knew I couldn't win us from there. So, yeah, turn zero does matter in some games. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And just think about your setup as well because, you know, as the saying goes, those players are jousting, one of them is wrong. Um, don't, if you know, if your opponent sets up on one side, don't feel forced to set up near them to get engagement. You know, take that extra turn to get a better position. You know, try to think of your lane that you're going to, you know, now because at that point the rocks are all set up. Now try to think about not just where the first engagement is going to be, but what are you going to do after the first engagement? Because a lot of new players will get that, you know, the first engagement that they're looking for and then find that the 4K that they want to do is going to be on an asteroid. Or, you know, it, it'll force them to turn away from the fight, in which case they can either be chased or the opponent is going to be safe for a turn, you know. So don't just think about that first engagement, but what are you going to do afterwards now that you know where all these obstacles are? It also That also coincides with actions that you take. If you're, willing, if you're going to do a barrel roll or a boost, what's going to happen next turn? Uh, am I going to be able to fit it too hard here or a 4K turn as well? Just little yep. things like that. Yeah. Yep. I had two games on the weekend where um, the opponents did themselves in. Was I one of them? For their actions. Uh, not explicitly. I can't remember anything particularly you did. Um, but both Gus and um, the fellow I played first, which I think his name was Logan, did stuff which put them in front of like an asteroid or facing the wrong way or which didn't like hurt them all it did was <laughs> dials are like the one part of the game that's secret information you know what i mean everything else is open information but as soon as you did that it it takes that and makes that open information essentially yeah limits those choices so that you know what they are forced to do and so then I was just like, all right, cool, let's plan around that. Does that mean I get to kill you now? Or it means I get to focus my energy elsewhere? And so that's that's kind of what you're giving up a little bit there too, other than just potentially suffering damage or losing an action. You're also giving away information that normally is not that accessible to your opponent. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I guess if we're talking about... Uh, deployment and specifically for new players. So one thing I'd say is that generally speaking, unless you're flying a super AC list, when you're starting out, you probably want to deploy all your ships reasonably close to each other. Uh Because when you're, particularly when you're starting out, it's really easy to leave one ship out, hang out to dry, to just get wrecked by your opponent's entire list if you spread them out too much. Um, It's also really good to practice flying in formation and knowing how far apart you need to keep them to make sure that when you do different maneuvers, you're not going to run into each other. Um, but yeah, that's that's one one tip I'd say for, for beginning. And it, in general, it can be quite helpful. I, there's a lot of the more jousty lists that I run that I, I start, at least start together. Because it, yeah, it's just, it's just so much harder to just get isolated. And yeah, being able to get all guns on target, you know, really, it, it's like a force multiplier, you know? It's not just the fact that they're all there. It's you can really threaten something. So, yeah, good tip. You can panic a player too, mm-hmm. which is yeah. 
very, very underrated. If they're dialing in stuff thinking that they're going to cop a couple of rounds of your whole army, they'll do things like go over rocks or try to get try, out try a risky boost, that sort of stuff, and then all of a sudden they lose more. They're facing the wrong way, and you just get to guilt-free take a ship or two off the board, which when you're only dealing with, you know, on average, what, three to four ships, that's a big swing. Yeah. The um one of the things that came out of the weekend, the biggest with the with the asteroids any kind of debris, is one of the questions I got asked is how do I beat that list? Because it's arguably a strong list, all that sort of stuff. And what people did wrong most of the time was turn zero. There was several lists there on the weekend that could beat me. Um and what they didn't do is they didn't set up their asteroids, their debris correctly. And they didn't deploy once the debris correctly once the debris was down in such a way that made me make hard choices. So what that let me do was just dictate the game from turn zero. It was on my terms. And that can be the difference, you know what I mean? Like yeah. straight away I knew, alright, great, I get to do what I want this game. But it's not always that there's dice involved, of course, I'm being a bit, you know. Whatever, but it, but, like, but it just shows that it is important to think about some of these things. Uh, yeah. And it's a part of the game that, like Luke said, you know, we've been playing this for years and still learning new tricks about it all the time. It is very much there's a lot of stuff in that. But, yeah, as a new player, some people just go, oh, three obstacles, put them wherever, not realising that they're either handing their opponent a massive advantage or giving up a massive advantage that they could have had themselves. Exactly. Also, there's there's a thing called laneways when you're setting up rocks. If you think that your opponent is setting up a laneway for where their ships are going to go, try and block them off with a cheeky one, uh, a cheeky one closer to where they're thinking about putting their next one. Um, so then it stops them from doing where they want to put their rock next rock, and it stops them from creating a laneway or a pathway for their ships to fly through. Yep. Uh, I've noticed that playing against Will with um, Boba Fenn. Uh, Boba Fenn wants to have really good laneways. Um, try and clump them a bit closer together so that it's a bit more harder for them to execute their manoeuvres the way they want to do it type thing, which is what Will said. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, another one on that one is if you're flying against those like big, chunky eight-ship swarms, um, their favourite thing to do often is just to plant all of them in formation on what the far left or far right of the board mm-hmm. and just move up that board edge and hope you'll come and engage them over there. Um, so one thing you can do in that turn zero step to make that less effective is you, generally speaking, the first thing I do if I'm playing those sort of, against those sort of lists is take the biggest rock and put it about halfway down the board and a little bit further than two in. And what that does is it gives them a big zone where they can't, do the hard turn in that they want to do to engage you. And so if you approach from behind that rock, you force them to choose one side or the other. And especially if you have aces or something that can reposition and is moving after them, you can play cagey until they're forced to commit to one side or the other and then take the other side and flank them. And it's it, shockingly effective. Yep. Can confirm. Yep. yep. Have died to that quite a few times. Thanks, Luke. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> He's just teaching you, bro. Yep. 
schooling is the word. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that might cover all the setup stuff. There are a couple of other little tricks to keep in mind when you're actually moving your ships as well. So we alluded to it a bit before about the, um, you know, the obstacle at exactly range two in, you will be able to fit 4K. And the reason for that is, you know, there is a obviously a relationship between range and uh, the movement. So like range two is length five, it's five small bases. So you will be able to fit four and plus one for the 4K. Um, and that's one thing to think about uh, when you're doing a lot of movement. You know, a small base is is a one forward, you know. So a five, um, a five forward is going to give you six total spaces because your ship has to go in front of the five forward, right? Um, medium ships are obviously a little bit different because they're a 1.5 um, and large bases are a two. So, you know, for example, a one straight on a large base is the same as a three straight on a small base. Um, you'll end up with the fronts, you know, alongside. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about um, those distances. And I probably should have had a diagram for this, but, you know, anyway, it is what it is. Right. Um, yeah, but I think that's a really good point that you sort of, you know, like generally speaking, most people in Australia can eyeball a centimetre. Uh, you know, if you're in America, you can eyeball an inch, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, in getting good at X-Wing, part of it is getting good at eyeballing how far okay. a base length is and sort of how far two or three base of those small bases is. And if you sort of get used to measuring everything that way, you can, and getting used to how the different distance um, maneuvers, you know, relate to that one single unit of a base, a small base, that helps you work out whether you can fit things in. So yep. what we're saying is change all measurements in your life. <laughs> yeah, small bases. Small bases. That's it. Just carry one around in your pocket, you know. Just... Yep. yep. I would As... like 400 small bases of carpet, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you do get some tricks around that as well. For example, like doing hard turns, you know, the way that they turn. I mean, diagrams, the stuff that used to be on the FFG forums was uh, a really good um, thing for this, but you know, you draw a, a diagonal line across your base, you're going to end up there because of the hard turns. Um, and things like doing the banks, you'll always end up inside your firing arc. So, with your ship where you are and you've got your firing arc, a bank will always be inside where your firing arc is now. So, if that obstacle that you're worried about, if it's hitting, if it's inside your firing arc and you're going to do a bank, Think real careful. But if it's outside, you're good to go. Uh, as sad as this sounds as well, um, play, um, do it, play by yourself type thing. Um, yep. You know, the, the best key of, of all this is practice makes perfect. If you need to set down a, um, a small base ship, two of them together and see, yeah, okay, two banks, or to get two banks together will be a bit close. So they'll be diagonally next to each other type thing. Whereas if you do a two hard and a three hard that are too close, the two hard will is the one on the inside. The three hard on the outside might bump if you're not quite close enough. If um you know just practice makes perfect. Put a little token on a play mat with three obstacles. Fly around, see how well you do around the obstacles. Think okay, well the two banks gonna hit me. Let's see what a three bank would have done. You know, yep. 
it just particularly, it's just particularly getting out like two small bases and just seeing how far they actually are at each end of a template and then switch to the template and see the difference. Yeah, um, exactly. And and particularly having a look at doing that exact same thing with a large base. You know, like a three bank on a two small bases is one thing, but you do that three bank on a large base, it's going a lot further. Yep. Just base sizes, you know. And one thing that Ben taught me is that a two bank and then a boost is pretty much a two hard for a medium base ship. And that's pretty good. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's interesting things like that. Definitely things you can do playing around just at home. The other thing is um, that helped me in the beginning was, you know, all that thing, am I going to hit the obstacle? What I would do is I'd put the obstacles on the table and try to dial in moves that would get me as close to the obstacle as possible without hitting it. Um, and just playing little games like that, you can start to work out which moves are going to work and which moves aren't going to work. Yeah. I'd also say in a similar vein, if you're practicing a particular list or for, you know, for a big tournament or something, um, it's helpful to have a think about what ranges you need to know specifically for that. So um, an example was I was uh, put together a Zam and Django list for uh, one of the online leagues I'm with. And I would put both, put our proxy mines on both of them, which I haven't, used much so one thing i did before i started any games was sat down and work out okay how far does the proxy mine template actually extend behind me and that did actually come handy in one match because it's a little more than range one was what i worked out um the full length of it so i there was a, a round where i knew i didn't have to shoot at a particular a-wing sitting behind me because it had one health left and i knew i could proxy mine at this next turn that's pretty cool yep so yeah Practice makes perfect, like like Ryan said. Yeah. Or just wing it. <laughs> or just wing it, you'll get good at it yeah, eventually. Yeah. That is that is the other approach. Yep. I mean, there there's some people out there that, yeah, volume, you know, you just do it as many times and it'll come. That was how I did it. Yep. <laughs> I've literally never really... I think I've listened to two other podcasts about X-Wing ever. Oh, because X-Wing's always been a secondary system for me until recently. Like, it's always been the game that I play on Mondays. It's a great palate cleanser for another gaming system. And I play with top people, so it's always fun. Yeah. But it's never been, like, what I sit down and research and all that sort of stuff. And just over time, you pick stuff up and, like, you play against good... The best thing you can do in any gaming system besides research, is play against quality players. Yeah. And that's both interpersonally and also competitively, if you can. I hear so many people... Well, I hear, I've met so many players in the past who have walked away from a gaming scene because they didn't win enough or whatever. And I get that, but also at the same time, they're giving up an opportunity to actually grow and improve and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yep. And so. the other thing that I would say to any new people out there that are concerned about going to a tournament or whatever, do it. Just go. Even if you lose every game, you'll have a good time. You'll learn a lot. And particularly <laughs> for me, like when I first started, you know, I was playing against Pete and, you know, Squires, and we were playing the same people all the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going out to a tournament, you're exposed to new people, new lists, new ways of thinking, 
you know, new new combos that you've never seen before. You know, it really helps grow your game. Plus, the X-Wing community is amazing. You'll meet some amazing people. So, yep. you know, anyone out there nervous about wanting to go to a tournament, my advice, do it. You'll have a good time. Yep. That was, I think I've been playing for a week, maybe, when I went to my first event. Because Ryan tricked me into playing a game. <laughs> this is at the end of 1.0. And I was like, this is freaking fun. And then he's like, there's an event on next week. I didn't own anything. Hey, don't remember. Down, have I was like, yeah, right. I played. Yep. I actually played quite a few games. Like, it must have been a reasonably big tournament, and um, played like four or five games. Lost most of them. Won a couple, and just learnt a heap and played a bunch of games and had a good time. You'll also never forget your first win in a tournament. It is the most yep. exhilarating feeling. And then when you win your first tournament, oh. I wouldn't know what that feels like, but, you know, I imagine it feels good. <laughs> um, but, no, it, feel, it feels good. It's a good feeling. And then, like everyone has been saying, the the best practice is playing against different people as best you can. Um, I'm going to shout out to Darby. He was one of the one of the really good players in 1.0. You learnt so much playing against him. And if you ask a player, what did I do wrong? They will sit down and say, okay, this is what you could have done. I knew your ship was going to do that. It's, it's good learning. It helps. Yeah. It does. It's all, it's, and like, if you lose 200 zero, okay. You think, you think to yourself, okay, is my A, is my list not that great? B, did I not play well? C, is my opponent better than me? Most likely, probably, yes, because you're, you're a brand new player. Who cares? Fly yep. what you want to, fly what you want to fly. Fly what, that's what, that's what other good think. advice. Yeah, exactly. Fly, fly what, what you, you want to fly. fly. If if you if you, even if it's shit, who cares? At least you're having fun flying it. I cannot emphasize that enough. Fly. Okay, I really want to fly Luke and Han. Two really good ships. Two really good pilots. You know. Um, okay. No, I really like K two SO. Okay, fly him. Just do what you yep. want to do. Um, nine times out of ten, a list something a list that a, a good player hasn't played against won't know sometimes what to do against it. That's um, true. You know, if 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 it's, if it's a ship that hasn't seen much table talk at a tournament, that a lot of players will go, "Ship, what does that ship do? I don't, I've never seen that ship. I don't. What's this pilot do again? It'll catch them off guard. It'll be it'll be um, a good learning experience for them as well." Either yeah. that, or you'll get smoked, and then it'll be <laughs> yeah. and and then you'll cry, and um, people will take pity on you and still give you prizes anyway. You know, it's all things like well, that. To take my... a, a complete counter point of view to what you just said, which was mm. all valid and totally true. Another mm. good thing to do if you're a new player, and I do this in most gaming systems because I jump around all the time, is I actually go out and I find a list that's just done well. And I talk to the local scene and I'm like, is this a list? That's... And then they go, yeah, no, nah, whatever. You know, the aim is that, yes, it is. The reason that is, is it takes the question off the table of, and this is coming from a system like AOS, it's super, super deep, whatever, like for good or for, for better or for worse. Um, and it takes the question there of the list building off the cards. And then it's a matter of practice, repetition, learning. Where did you go wrong? Because you know the list is solid. You know that it's you that's not making the right decisions. And it takes some of the guesswork out, and it can make it a little bit more um, 
This is if you're trying to practice and get good and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, you'll you find a play style that works for you. Like, yeah. there's some play styles that I, even though I know the list is fantastic and it wins all the events or whatever, it's just not for me. And I, and I tend to find that if a list, even though it might be a really good list, if it's not my play style, I don't enjoy flying it. And if I don't enjoy flying it, I'm not going to do well. You know, those things do correlate. So by all means, feel free to put whatever you want on the table and have fun. That's why we're doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty of X-Wing too, is it's not too hard to pivot. If you buy into something, you don't like it very much. Yeah. Add another ship. And add a ship, whatever. You, you're golden. That's the good thing about X-Wing. You've got, you've got uh, an X-Wing. Okay, it's got Luke and it's got Wedge. It's got four other pilots in it as well, you know. Yep. If you if you don't feel like Wedge is doing it for you, pick something else. Um, like, I, I can't remember who said it, but like you said, if you if you if you're unsure of what your play style is, have a crack. Tie swarms aren't my thing. I mean, I, I try, but not that great, you know. Three aces, okay, that's my thing. Um, Luke and Ben, you guys like flying chunky stuff, you know. Oh, and and yeah, arcs, you know. <laughs> Will's flying three fire sprays. Chunky, hard to beat, you know. Fly it's the fire fun. sprays that I enjoy. The chunky. Ugh, the chunky the fire sprays are fun. Yeah. Ugh. Yuck. Fire sprays at bay. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they gave me Guri, I'd fly that chick in a heartbeat. Yeah, this is why one of the reasons I wanted a Star Viper in the squadron pack because that stuff will all be in hyperspace. Yep. Look, Tim, I'll, I'll tell you what, give me back the Upsilon and I'll be a happy boy. There's my chunk right there. Yep. D- deal. You can have that. I'll, I'll have my generic Star Vipers. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the next hyperspace change. Mm. I think that... that's yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that is one of the things you mentioned it back when we were talking about the tournaments we've been to. That is one of the things I like about X Wing as well. That hyperspace stuff. I know a lot of people like we hear from places around the world where they never play hyperspace, um, and I just I don't know. I really like that restriction because it really changes things up, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah. The if you play extended. It's not an issue, but it's just like you're waiting on points, changes, and additions to the game for a meta shift, yeah. And, which is fine, but it's I don't know. It's often less of a shift as well than. I tend to find that people that play a lot of extended like that, they also only ever play sort of one list or one type of list. Whereas with hyperspace stuff, I tend to find it forces me to jump around a lot, which I actually enjoy. Because I'm putting different ships on the table, so yeah, yeah it's it's good. For sure, we'll dig it in a big way. All right. Now, in other news, everyone, I've nearly finished. We lost you there. We've nearly. Uh nearly finished painting my ear. We just heard <laughs> a little bit of paint brushing in the background. Yeah. Yep. Did you? Ah, oh, that was like miles away from the microphone. I apologize. Oh, a little bit. I think you were talking at the same time. Ah, oh, that's lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been doing a lot of painting recently, but Legion, yeah. 
I mean, a lot of this advice around list building and stuff like that applies to almost any game as well. Like, you know, I played some Legion yesterday and I really wanted to put Han and Chewie on the board together. So I did. And it was awesome fun. I made a Cassian Ander list the other day that I'm really... So him and K2SO, I tried that yesterday as well. That's... Hey, good. Oh, yeah. I played it completely wrong, like real bad. But... <laughs> I can see why it's good. Yeah, I'm not sure what I've done with that list, whether I've done a, a just, a, an injustice or not yet. I've never played him. I've been, well, playing, I, I've been playing a lot of Sabine lately. but I managed to get Cassian killed before playing all of his cards. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and the, the one that I did play, I played in the wrong order, and it was like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoops, a daisy. Yeah, good games though, fun. I mean, if we're jumping to Legion, I played Dooku for the first time on Monday. Oh my god, he's so good! <laughs> I don't care that he's half of my skirmish list. Oh god, he, he's like, worth it. So much just moving opponents' things around and doing obscene amounts of damage. And uh, yeah, no, I killed, managed to kill uh, my opponent's Vader um, in large part because I played that rubbish command card that uh, Dooku has, where he um, puts his command token back in the stack and takes away two of theirs. Um, oh. so that, was, that was all of his <laughs> command tokens back in the stack. And because droids are droids, my only command token was Dooku's. So then I immediately activated him and killed Vader. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's so rude. <laughs> I had that dude. I had that used on me the turn I did Sabine's bombs once. And so oh. I did one pick and his entire army was clustered and I was about to just blow his shit off and just wreck. And then he was like, no, nah, pop that back in the bag. And so Sabine sat there till like my second last activation. Was, I was just like, oh, okay. I don't get to do that this game. Not this time. <laughs> you just scattered with all of his stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, rude. Yep. But yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, great game. Everybody, quit X-Wing, come play Legion. No. <laughs> Play all the FFG games. Close is the answer. Anyway, any other topics we want to cover? No, that was it. I think we should do some more intro stuff in episodes. Try and segment just of, you know, try and welcome the newbies in, get them started. Yep. It's an awesome game. It's an awesome community. Oh, hells yeah. Enjoy. Done. Anyway, guys, we might call it there. And uh, see you on the next episode. See you, boys and girls. Au revoir.